We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Roots Podcast. This episode 187 of the pod. Alongside Matt Rooney, I am Joe Musso here with the most pivotal week in Bears football in quite some time. Uh, we will get there. We will also touch on a number of other things. The Cubs have a full-on fire sale going. Uh, State of the NFL will take stock. College football playoff. we got a preview. Some disconcerting news on the Blackhawks front that we'll get to as well. We will offer you locks of the week as we come down the stretch and do a little buy or sell. But first and foremost, Matt Rooney, how the hell are you? You know, it's been a, it's been a week. Been it's been a week. Well, really, Christmas since hangover. What's Christmas, going on here? Christmas was great. But no, and just in terms of the the Chicago sports landscape here, it's just oh yeah, it's been a week. You know, you you got the the things with the Blackhawks going on, which are uh, one is it, one both are terrible. One is a bad you know break. Literally, one is you really hope Taves is okay. You know, the, the Cubs are acting like a small market team. You, you, I got two of the biggest games I've ever rooted for for my two football teams coming up this week that I have pretty bad feelings about both of them with. It's been a stressful week for, for a Chicago <laughs> sports fan, Matt Rooney. How about yeah, you, not much, not much sleep leading up to those. I'm well. I'm well, Matt. I'm not letting such trivial uh, things... See, that's where you and I differ. I get I get not, caught up too easily, I think. I'm not letting, them, not letting them push me off my base. Now, when 325, 425 here on the East Coast rolls around on Sunday... Or when that when that night game or evening game rolls around on Saturday, mm-hmm. yeah, there'll be there'll be some knots in the stomach, little, there'll be little angst. I'm uh, I guess I'm kicking that ball down the road right now as to not ruin my week. But uh, let's begin with the Chicago Bears and let's go back uh, to what got them into this moment. Obviously, uh, a win against the Jaguars. Of, it really looked like a tale of two halves. Uh, first half, no flow, no rhythm. Uh, no offensive firepower pretty much whatsoever. Play calling was questionable. You get down to the one, you do a tight end around. Oh, my God. It had, it had all the signs, and I don't want to well, – I'm not going to do 20 minutes on Matt Nagy here, but it had all the signs of Matt Nagy's play sheet. And then you come out in the second half, and you're rolling Mitch out. You're establishing the run with Montgomery. You're finding Allen Robinson. You're, just, you're distributing the ball evenly. Um, you're taking a shot here or there. You're establishing flow. You're establishing chemistry off. Offensively, Matt, I'm going to I'm going to ask it to you this way: Was there a different play caller in the first half than there was in the second half? I don't think it was totally totally the first half, but I, I to feel me, like I'm between, cutting you off because to me, I, Matt Nagy called the plays in the I first half. Bill Lazor called them in the second half. For me, it was it seemed like kind of in between the twenties. It was Bill Lazor's offense, and once they got in the red zone, it was when Matt was like, "All right, you know, it's scoot over. I'm taking over," and that's when he tried to get a little. I thought for the most part, like. They were able to chunk the ball down the field in that first half. It was when it came time to actually execute and like, all right, let's go score is when, oh, cool, quick little handoff there to Cole Komet on an end around. Yeah, that, that worked. Like, it just, it seemed like they were doing, then they, they were that, moving, they and that, then they get cute. They run that deep ball concept to Mooney that there just wasn't enough field. I think we're on like the 17, and they yeah, run like again, a that, double that's move That's what I'm saying. Corner. I think once yeah. they got in the red zone, Matt was like, all right, now it's yeah. my time to shine. When, no, it's not. And they, Bill Lazor's done a fantastic job the last few weeks of calling plays. I don't think there's any denying that. He's put his team, he's done what we, we've criticized Matt Nagy for not being able to do. He's put his team, his offense, in like a position to win. And Matt just kind of needs to step away from that. I, I think 
no matter who's to credit for kind of rallying this team back and like, you know, from from being pretty much dead against Mm -hmm. the Lions, they're now showing life. And whether that is, you know, the head coach being a good, you know, voice in the locker room and all that stuff and a good motivational leader, all that, that's fine. Stick to what you're doing well. Play calling's not what you're doing well, buddy. Just just stay away from there. You got a good thing going with Bill Lazor calling the plays. He's using your offense. Just let him kind of call the plays. It's working. It might yeah, not work uh, this weekend, but it's working right now. Bears outscored the Jaguars 28-7 to in the second half to route him a bit there. Uh, that LaVisca Chenault late touchdown really – uh, made this look like, uh, I mean, not a close game, but uh, 41-10 looks a little bit different. The defense, mm-hmm. um, I, I think they could have used a 10-point a performance, I think, for their confidence because still not the firepower we're expecting out of this defense, and you're going to need every ounce of that firepower this coming weekend against the Green Bay Packers and what could arguably be called you know, the most explosive offense in the league right now. I know the Kansas City Chiefs would have something to say about that, but um, our guys on the Pick 6 podcast put it really nicely. The Chiefs are kind of just pushing their food around. They're just playing yeah. with their food right now. They've won, was it, six straight games by seven points or less, and they didn't need to. You know, they've, they've had themselves in a lot of close ball games just because they seem uninspired. And, you know, you can get in the wrong game and you're going about your business that way and you end up going home early. Uh, I'm going off on a bit of a Chiefs tangent here. Go but for back it. to the Bears. Uh, back to the Bears. The defense needs to be uh, the weeks one through six defense that we saw this season. They need to take the ball away from Aaron Rodgers. They need to pressure him. They need to get him off his mark. And I swear to God, if there is not a cloud coverage over Devontae Adams, 99% of the plays on Sunday, you don't want to win. You don't want to be in the playoffs. Take away 17, make someone else beat you. I am fine if Robert Tunyon scores three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I'm fine if Marquez Valdez-Scanling scores two touchdowns. I will not be able to sleep if Devontae Adams scores three touchdowns and has 200 yards receiving and we go home because – I mean, looking at the scenario, the bigger picture here, uh, we can get in with a win over the Packers. I hate the phrase control our own destiny because that's impossible. You can't control destiny. We control uh, our, our They control their path. They, control the path is under their path. control. They're, they're in the driver's um, seat. How about that? But uh, in the all-too-likely outcome that the Bears do not get the best of the Packers this weekend, we then need help from the Los Angeles Rams who need to beat the Cardinals, and they're not necessarily in the best position right now either. Jared Goff, broken thumb, not going to be in. Uh, Cooper Cup, COVID-19 list. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen in the NFL, <laughs> but uh, it's not looking like LA is going to give us a whole bunch of help. It's looking like we're going to have to do this under our own volition and get it done against the Packers, Matt. So uh, if, I don't know if you want to make any more points about Jacksonville, but it's a 1-14 Jacksonville team who's going to draft Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how much no, I think said I, Well, I think the point I was going to make, the one last point I was going to make, and it's something mm-hmm. that's more on the – path of what you're kind of saying the defense needs to be the defense we've gotten to know and love the last two years we talked about it here on here before but it was even more evident to me on sunday just the pass rush still isn't there and i, I don't know what's going on keem hicks is back and healthy khalil mack has been healthy all year i i'm if they're going to beat green bay the only way to do that is to get pressure on aaron Rodgers rushing four they cannot be. They cannot be forced to send five or six because that's especially when Aaron Rodgers is going to pick you apart. And I, I don't know what's going on with Khalil Mack. If he's a step slow, if he's complacent after getting paid, if he's checked out, I don't know what's going on there. But he hasn't been nearly as good as he has to be. Akeem Hicks is back in the lineup. I, I know Akeem Hicks has, has been very good in stopping the run. 
Akeem Hicks hasn't done shit getting to the passer either. Robert Quinn hasn't done shit getting to the passer. Bilal Nichols is having a nice stretch of games here, but still they're not really getting to the passer. If they can't pressure Aaron Rodgers, I don't care what how well the secondary is. I don't care how well the cloud coverage over Devontae Adams is played. They're not winning this football game. And I'm sick yeah. of hearing to the, oh, well, Khalil Mack gets held on every play. So does Nick Bosa. So does Joey Bosa. So does Chase Young. Everyone gets held. Go win one-on-one battles. I'm so sick yeah. of that excuse. It's not um, an excuse anymore. They, they need to bring their best effort against this Packers offense. There's, or, yeah, against this Packers offense, there's really there's no two ways about it. Um, this Packers offense is going to get theirs. And while I say I, I can't see Devontae Adams go off like that, you got to bracket him. There's a good chance that he does. Um, Even if you bracket him, he still might get away for a little bit. Okay. So so I said I, I, you can't let Devontae Adams beat you. But before you can't let Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers beat you, you can't let the moment beat you. Because this Bears group with this quarterback, this head coach, I, I think that the moment has beat them in the past before. Mm-hmm. That they've come into a matchup already in some ways defeated. I don't know if if I'm fully bought in on this new Mitch Trubisky since being back out. I mean, the Bears look better. The offense looks better with him at the helm. They've been calling better plays for him, uh, averaging however many points over the last four weeks. It's the first time since 1965 that they scored 30-plus points yeah. in four consecutive weeks. Unfortunately, one of those did come in a losing effort to the Lions, which could be the deciding which, factor of the season. Yep. Um, but... Uh, do have to give out some kudos here. I, I know we're nervous, and I know uh, our uh, our fandom here hangs in the balance. With David Montgomery goes over a thousand yards because they commit to him. Allen Robinson now with twelve hundred yards on the season, so uh, a number of fantastic individual efforts right there. But Matt, I think if you go back, and I don't want to pat my own back, here, I don't want to pat myself on the back here, but if you go back to our preseason podcast when we were uh-huh. just kind of going through uh, the schedule, assigning wins and losses. If I'm not mistaken, I did put this Bears team around 500 with our playoff fate relying on a game versus the Packers on January 3rd. You know, I think deep down, I, 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 you're probably right. Honestly, I, I'm not saying you, I just don't, I can't vividly remember that. I'm, I'm going to go I back. I took a lot this, of shots yeah. to the head. We'll, we'll check the podcast. We'll check the tape. Um, if realistically you're a Bears fan and you looked at this schedule at the beginning of this season and didn't think this was going to be the exact scenario, the Bears needed to win and in against in week 17 against the Green Bay Packers, then you're, you're crazy. too optimistic about and, the Bears. No, no, you're just you're kind of <laughs> crazy. Like this yeah. was always going to be the case when the when the Bears were set to play the Packers in week 17. This was always going to be the case. Yeah. And it just is what it is. It's just it, it, it and it's probably not going to go well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. The Bears we, we, were always going to have to win this game to get into the playoffs. We, we should have known this. We also can't sit here and ignore the turnaround. Where we were at four weeks ago in our um, assessment of this team. And, again, I'm not saying this team is the one that's built for the future. But during that six-game losing streak, for a team to turn around and rattle off three straight, mind you, against the Texans and the Jaguars, Vikings is a nice divisional win. But, mm-hmm. um I think it's impressive and it deserves kudos that they did not pack it up and take their ball home because you very well could have done that on the heels of six straight losses. Now, I'm not looking for consolation. I'm not looking for um, a, a reason to feel good despite a loss to the Packers in the final week of the season, but uh, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for Mitch. It's an opportunity for the coaching staff. It's an opportunity for management. This is an opportunity for everyone involved with the Chicago Bears to do something that Bears fans want and need. That's beat the Packers and head into the playoffs. But with that said, Matt, I want to ask you, 
what outside of a playoff berth is at stake this weekend? Um, is is there a is there a job at stake for Mitch Trubisky? Is there a job at stake for Matt Nagy? Is there a job at stake for Ted Phillips? And uh, I always want to say Phil Emery still. A job at stake for Ted Phillips and Ryan Pace. Like what what is reliant on the outcome of this game, or do you think those fates are sealed in one way or another? I'm. I, I think a lot of it still has to, like, if this game wasn't against the Packers, if this game was against, uh, you know, the, the Lions or the Vikings or like the Cardinals or something, I think fates kind of might be sealed. But I, I do think the fact, the fact that it's against the Packers does hold a little bit more weight in kind of the result of it. Like if they go out and lay an absolute egg against Green Bay again, I do think there's probably going to be a head or two that rolls. If they go out and they, you know, lose a close game, but they look like they belong and they look like they're a good, you know, that they, that they're not overmatched. They just kind of lose a slugfest. I do think that might change a few opinions, especially coming off the heels of winning three in a row. I, 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 yeah. I think, I do think Mitch is probably playing for a job here, but I, I think again, like if he goes out and plays well and they lose, like are you, it's it might not end up being his. I think a lot of it still depends on how the game goes. It, it's it, they could lose yeah. and still look like, like again. No, there's no such thing as a uh, as like a good, good loss, loss, whatever. <laughs> but like there is like you can objectively say you know some so and so played well in a loss all that so i, I do think and what i know they played three bad teams in a row here but objectively speaking like this team this offense has shown when matt nagy is not calling the plays there is a formula for this offense to work and with I, that with that I, taken and work into consideration is, work has an asterisk i don't mean to no no, no, no teams, i agree but with like, you but works with that, like to win with that taken into consideration I'm still optimistic or hopeful, I guess would be a better word, um, cautiously hopeful that there's a way that the Bears middle this thing and make it to the playoffs but still can find a way to fire Matt Nagy, can still mm-hmm. say thanks for all that you've done here and getting us to the playoffs, but our goal is a Super Bowl and we don't see ourselves winning a Super yeah. Bowl with you at the helm because it's not going to happen because I think he's a bit of a snake oil salesman and they are succeeding now in spite of him that he's relinquished some of those duties. Mm-hmm. Um I know I called for everybody's job a couple weeks ago and still really wouldn't be all too concerned if that was to happen and they cleaned house, uh, cleaned house. But I think that in taking a step back and having to look at this through the lens of these last few weeks as well, I know you're forever tied to your quarterback decision as an executive. And I think that that in and of itself would justify um, the firing of Ryan Pace. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you look at some of the success that he's had in the draft and you highlight some of those guys like um, Jalen Johnson, who I'm hoping is available this weekend because, I mean, there's a deficiency there at quarter without him. Uh, You highlight a guy like Darnell Mooney. Um, You highlight a guy now that he's being handed the ball like David Montgomery. Um, Ryan Pace has found some value in drafts, uh, not necessarily picking in top five picks. He's gone out there and, had some successful drafts. I mean, you swing and miss on the biggest decision, that being a quarterback, and sorry, we got to let you go maybe. But Uh I think that the way that this team has rallied in the last few weeks and barring some sort of catastrophe on Sunday, that Ryan Pace has bought himself a a lease on life here for at least another season. What is the contract situation of Ryan Pace? I'm not entirely positive. I don't – I want to say he got extended a couple years ago, but I I, I don't really know how those work. Yeah. Um, um, I th- I do think that 
there's still that outside chance that we've talked about that they're, you know, kind of no matter what happens, they might bring in the outside voice to be kind of like the president of football operations and do a little bit mm-hmm. of a reassignment with Ted Phillips. And I've said it from day one, that's my preferred route. And if you bring in, I don't, I, I don't know who you'd bring in right now. I don't know who's in the market, whatever. But if you bring in said reputable football executive to be your president and he decides that, you know, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are worth another year at their contracts or whatever, I, I, I'm, I'm fully okay with trusting that guy. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, it's just, I don't trust, no matter what, if, if Ted Phillips is the one making the calls, kind of no matter what he does, I'm going to think it's the wrong decision, if that makes sense. Let's, uh, let's dig a little deeper on Mitch here for a second, because okay. that contract term uh, is up, and a decision will have to be made at the end of the season mm-hmm. about the fate of number 10 in Chicago. Uh, assessing the entire quarterback landscape and what the going rate is to bring a guy in, like we did last season, mm-hmm. bring hopefully the right guy in this time, or you get it on the cheap and you draft somebody, but who's going to be there when you're drafting at number, let's say, 14 again or wherever we're later be honestly wherever we're going to be yeah. in this draft i mean you might be looking at the kid from north dakota state but mac jones will likely be gone we know that trevor lawrence is going to be gone mm-hmm. we know that justin, justin field, field is going to be gone we know that uh, zach wilson likely is going to be gone so uh, are you are you really that high on sam ellinger in the second or third round uh, are you really that high on this north dakota state kid or are you going to go to the open market and, and get a guy who's going to be cast away um perhaps Perhaps I, I don't know. I am. I'm looking. I don't I'm literally even want to say at, Big Ben, but I'm Big looking ben. at the free agents, the quarterback free agents right now. I'm not going out and getting it's, someone it's else's not, trash because no one's getting rid of a quarterback because they can still play. In and this you're, if, if you're quarterback probably going to have a lick, they're getting kept. You're probably going to have to pay for trash. Whereas mm-hmm. Mitch Trubisky, I've been trying to figure out like what the best way forward is here with signing him like i i'm i'm completely committing myself to signing him because i really think that's what this management's going to do and i don't want my brain to explode Mm -hmm. when it happens so i'm envisioning something in the two years a one-in-one with a team option for the second year Mm -hmm. mitch knows he has something to prove still there's no there's no thought in mitch trubisky's mind right now that thinks he believes that 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 he believes that he deserves a five-year, thirty-five a year type. Hundred percent. He's just—he's just not that guy. He's I don't a smart, think, he's, I don't I, think he's a real himself kid. as that guy. So realistically, if you could get Mitch Trubisky on a one-in-one for twenty in the first year and twenty-five in the second year, build some incentives around it. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world with where this team is at as a whole right now, because there is no quick fix at quarterback. You're not going to win a Super Bowl. You're not going to challenge for an NFC Championship with a rookie quarterback or like you said, with mm-hmm. someone else's trash. Can you with Mitch Trubisky? Well, if he continues to trend in the right direction, I know that trend needs to start happening well before the final 10 minutes of his contract. Yeah. But here's where we're at. Um, he's shown those signs when if you call plays that he can't have some success. So if you get him on a team friendly, and I know $20 million doesn't necessarily sound like it's team friendly. Quarterback $20 million, it is. $20 million would make him the lowest paid starting quarterback in the mm-hmm. NFL, not on a rookie deal. Um, I think that's what you have and to I do. Think that's where you need, and I think that's where you need to hit the nail with Mitch Trubisky is at the bottom end of starting quarterbacks, not rookies. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say something along the lines of pay him top backup money, which essentially I, that's kind sorry, of what but, you're – No, go ahead. 
Finish. I don't. I, I don't like a franchise tag for Mitch either. Thirty. It's going to be thirty-two to thirty-four million dollars, and, and that's a lot of money on your cap to commit to a quarterback that we don't know if he's going to play well. If we're going to have to start whoever's going to be the backup is. If Nick Foles is gonna, like we, we don't know, and I, I, I can't. I can't say that I'm comfortable giving Mitch Trubisky thirty million dollars plus for any amount of time. You no, know, if, if you're a team that has a lot of cap flexibility. And you know, Mitch doesn't want to take that contract. You you propose, okay, yeah, you can probably get away with the franchise tag. The Bears, on the other hand, are not a team with a lot of cap flexibility. They're about they're going to be right up against it, especially with the cap kind of going down. So they that ten million dollars means a lot more to them than it probably does to a lot of people. But I, unless that you know Sam Darnold somehow pops up and and comes in you know falls into your lap for fairly cheap because he also you know, he's got one more year left on the rookie deal, I believe. So he kind of moves the line down a little bit that would maybe be my number one option but other than that like Mitch is the last few weeks granted against bad teams he's done kind of what we've expected him to be able to do he's been able to do some good things on offense when you call you know when you tailor an offense to a quarterback he's made some boneheaded decisions because that's just what non-elite quarterbacks are going to do but for the most part like Mitch has been fine. And if you look at the options that are going to be there this offseason, there's not really a better one out there. Like, find me a like, – are you really going to, like you said, throw a first-round mid – any quarterback that's kind of worth their salt that's going to be able to jump and, and start right away is going to go in the top 10. If you're getting a quarterback at 14, 15, 16, you're probably getting a guy that needs to sit for a little bit. Are you really going to start next year with Nick Foles as your starter? Probably not. So I, I think – like you said, the prudent thing to do here is offer Mitch bottom of the barrel starter money for, you know, like you said, one and one, throw some incentives in there that he can reach. And I, I think that's your best option. Uh, before we can worry about a contract, we have a game with the Green Bay Packers to worry about this. Do we Sunday. have to? Can we just like fast Unfortunately, forward? I mean, we not only are the Rams not going to help us this week, they couldn't help us last week. If they pull off that win last yep. week, Green Bay seals up the top overall seed. They seal up the bye. We, potentially Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, but then again, he probably would play at least the half because mm-hmm. if you really want two weeks off no. going yeah. into the playoffs, I don't think that they would go about their business that way. But um, still plenty to play for for the pack. Uh, still your entire life to play for. If you're the Bears, it's all you could ask for. Now, could we ask for a little less stress? Yeah, but this is all you can ask for is an opportunity. Sunday poses the greatest opportunity that anyone on this team has seen. Think about this roster. Think about the success that anyone on this team has seen. Who are the Super Bowl champions on this roster? Not Mitch. Not anyone on that front seven. Uh, Not not Khalil Mack. He played on bad Oakland Raiders teams forever. Robert Quinn saw a little mm-hmm. bit of success in his previous career. Not Danny Trevathan. Uh, he was with he that Yeah, he's super he, old yeah he, was, he was with the Broncos. Yeah. So he's going to be that voice out there. Uh, not Roquan. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not Eddie Jackson. This is your opportunity. Do you want to be a successful NFL player? Yeah, your numbers are going to scream whatever they're going to scream at the end of your career. But what do you have to show for it? Do you have any T-shirts? Do you have any hats? Do you have any divisional championships? Do you have any rivalry wins over the Green Bay Packers? Well, here's your opportunity to go get the most important one in your young careers. Go do it. Bear down. Get Joe in the locker room pregame. Let's do it. <sighs> you got to win, 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 win. We got to fight. We got to go, 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 go. I'll that was just good. Him. I'll just nude him. Speaking Love of it. which, let's go to the college football playoffs. Talk about transition. <sighs> Another game do we have to. Uh, All right, let's do it. it. Now, okay, here. 
What's the bigger do we have? What's a, what's the bigger pit in your throat right now? The Bears, oh, Bears or the Notre sure. Dame fighting guy? Um, because yeah. I think for me, like for me, Notre Dame, I've just and it's not even like a bad thing or negative thing towards them. I just think Alabama this year and probably Clemson to an extent are just so much better. Than the expectation to else. win. The expectation there, to win is so much exactly. lower for Notre There's Dame. There's really than it is no the expectation to win, and quite like I also don't think Notre Dame can play as bad as they did against Clemson. So I, I, I think they can play well. They're still probably going to lose this game by, you know, 17, 20 points. I think the spread's probably about right, honestly. Yeah. Like there's no expectation for me, but the Bears, like there's the way they're playing and kind of giving hope and all that. Like there's just. You know, there's expectation there now, whether I like it or yeah. not. People are going to point their finger and laugh at Notre Dame for 24 hours, and then that's going to be that. But it's Alabama, and it's possibly the full form of the Alabama Crimson Tide. When you think about, and I know earlier in the season we were talking about, oh, this Alabama team, I don't know. You know, it's not the dominant defensive years past. It's not necessarily. Yeah, I just don't think we knew how good Mac Jones was. Well, well, now it is. Yeah, not only do we not see how good Mac Jones was, the offensive line is coming to form mm-hmm. and they could run it down your throat with Najee Harris if they want. Mm-hmm. Defensively, it is not the best Alabama no. group that we've seen. It doesn't have to be. They're scoring 50 points a game. Uh, hold them under 50 and we win, guys. Like, that's that's essentially what this defense needs to do. It's just their lowest point total this year is 38 in week one. So, yeah, you're pretty much right. Absolutely terrifying group uh, in Alabama to lead things off 4 o'clock on New Year's Day, AT&T Stadium. Um, I'd ask you to break this one down, but I'd ask you what it takes for Notre Dame to win. What did, what would it take other than Mac Jones? You're going to need we, a, we don't we don't wish injury, but no. Well, you what every everything has to go right. You're you going to need you need two first half turnovers that turn into mm-hmm. both touchdowns. You need um, you, you need, need to establish time of the possession run to be about you need, thirty-seven to twenty-three in Notre Dame. You Dame's need favorite. multiple nine-minute drives during mm-hmm. this game. Like, I, I don't see another path to victory. No, I mean, Notre Dame's offensive line, where it's going to have to be the offensive line we saw against Clemson in part one, uh, mm-hmm. which, I mean, if they're not facing the Clemson front seven, this is not as good as the front seven they just saw in Clemson. Um, so Notre Dame's got offensive line, and, and Kyron Williams are kind of going to have to impose their will. Um, they're going to have to convert on third downs when they have third. and If, if you're running the ball on first and second, you're probably going to have third and four, third and five, third and three, whatever. You're going to have to be able to convert those. And the defense is the def, Alabama's offense is obviously going to get theirs. They're probably going to score 40 points. You need mm-hmm. to try and make Alabama do that on, you know, five-minute drives instead of two-minute drives. Uh, you're going to have to – I, I, I kind of I trust Clark Lee because I think he's a very good game planner. I, I, he's going to do everything he can to put this defense in a position to stop them. I think I, I think that's probably to some extent trying to play your best bend, don't break defense, and you know hope when the field shrinks that you can take advantage of some turnovers. Um, but that's that's kind of it. I mean, Devontae Smith, good luck trying to cover him. And then when you do try and cover him, good luck trying to stop Najee Harris. I mean, Notre Dame still does have a very good front seven up front, but. So does Alabama. Um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be ball control, and it's going to be lip, doing your best to prevent the big play on defense. Uh, Devonta Smith, I believe, became the first uh, ever wide receiver to win AP Player of the Year the other day. So I've been favorite now that, too, right? I was going to say perhaps that good for him. For his, uh, and uh, uh, to me, could not be any more deserving. No, and he's, he's there been is best a wide receiver bias far. here. 
He has been amazing. He has been a ridiculous talent. He has been unstoppable. He's been explosive. He can get it done vertically. He can get it done in a quick game. He's really everything you want in a wide receiver outside of size. So we'll see what that means moving forward. Now, how would that piece look in Miami, uh, perhaps with his former quarterback to a Tagovailoa? That's exciting stuff because Miami has that Houston pick. Oh, which yeah. Could be as, keep which could be, as, could be as high as number three if Good Houston loses them. this weekend. Miami's so, going to win the 10-11 games and get the number three pick in the draft. Good for them. Unbelievable. Un- they could make the playoffs, still have the number three pick in the draft. Uh, New York Giants could either have the number three pick in the draft or win the NFC East. So a lot of moving parts here on Sunday uh, uh, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Matt, uh, I-, I know we already jumped here to college, but let's jump back to the pros. We kind of said sure. back there with Devonta Smith. Um, give me your pick right now, NFC, AFC, and then we'll talk MVP. I am um... – I'm going to stick with my preseason prediction. Prediction. You were kind of pumping yours uh, earlier with the, this Bears-Packers thing. Um, my preseason Super Bowl prediction was Chiefs and Seahawks. I'm going to stick with that okay. one. I was a little bit worried about Seattle midseason, but I think the last few weeks you've seen that defense start to come together a little bit. Um, Russell Wilson is going to do Russell Wilson things, and that's that's always a good thing for them in the playoffs. And, I mean, the Chiefs are self-explanatory. Um uh, the Bills are probably playing the best football of anybody, but kind of until anybody beats the Chiefs, I'm going to not bet against the Chiefs. So I'm going to go Chiefs-Seahawks still. Yeah, I, I know I said that um, last week my bold take here was that the uh, NFC representative would come from the wild card round. So with that said, I, Bears, I think, obviously. I, no, I think, we've, I think we've written off Tom Brady a little too soon. I think we've written off this Bucks team a little too soon. And I think that they've so much enjoyed playing for not just Bruce Arians, but playing for Tom Brady. In That's, Tampa a dang, you're right. That's a dangerous team. I think that Tom gets in that locker room. He starts speaking some of this playoff language to those guys. It's a really dangerous team um, coming out of the NFC, feeling good about themselves right now. If they can establish some run with Rojo, I just think there's a lot of weapons there. I think that I, I, I think it's a default pick for me because I can't say Green Bay. I can't let it come out of my mouth. And frankly, I no, don't think that defense is, is Super Bowl cal- caliber. I can't say New Orleans because Drew Brees, we don't know if he can throw the ball 10 yards or not. I can't say Seattle right now because this is not the most complete representation of the Seattle Seahawks. Again, defensively deficient offensively can Russ just shoulder this whole thing on his own so beyond that you're looking at LA who I loved uh, prior to the last two weeks um, they they're so hot the, and cold and and I don't think that's the the right no, way to approach the playoffs that's not the right way to approach the playoffs um, and beyond LA it's the Bears the Cardinals the Washington football team so that leaves Tampa Bay almost as a default pick for me out of the NFC in the AFC Last week did a lot for me, and I think it's knee-jerk, but I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. They have, it's not a bad they have pick. Com- they have completely positioned themselves as the hot team. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying they're just getting hot right now because there are three losses this year. Two of them were off postponements, so on weird mm-hmm. weeks. And the third one was a Hail Mary that DeAndre Hopkins went up and got. So yeah. they haven't been um, – there hasn't been any lulls to the season for the Buffalo Bills. They've been consistent, whereas the Chiefs, we just talked about it, they push their food around. They haven't necessarily um, attacked these games and these opportunities mm-hmm. the way they need to. 
And if you get up against a team in an AFC championship game like the Buffalo Bills, who have done that all season, who have attacked the moment, who have come out of the gates hot. I, I like the Bills in that situation. So Bills, Tampa Bay, it's weird, but I think that's my pick right now. I don't. Uh, I think the Bills are the one team that can unseat the Chiefs in the AFC. I just, I, and if they go to the Super Bowl, I would not be at all surprised whatsoever. Um, I just, I think we'll know a lot more about the Chiefs. They're obviously they're going to get that first round bye. Whoever they play in the second round, I think we'll know a lot more about them if they're capable of flipping that switch. If they do. Uh, after their first playoff game. If they kind of push their food around again in, in an opening round playoff matchup and just kind of scrape by, then I'll probably be with you and start leaning towards the Bills on being the AF- AFC rep. I just, with, with that team, that explosiveness, I want to see what they do in the playoffs before I kind of start to judge them. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I'm, I mean, the, the Bills have been there. There's no denying it. Obviously, they've been hot all year. But these last I mean, four or five mm-hmm. weeks, whatever it's been, like they've gone from winning football games to dominating football games. Uh, everyone's ready to give Aaron Rodgers the MVP and call Devontae Adams the best wide receiver in the game right now, but Josh, Josh Allen's, Allen's numbers, Diggs. what he's done, amazing. And Stephon Diggs, do not deny what that man has done mm-hmm. in a new setting. Uh, he's been unbelievable. I, I mean, I'd take any iteration of those four guys on my team, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that we're I think that there's a little bit of a mob mentality around this uh, Aaron Rodgers MVP case. It's a fantastic resume. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing what he's done with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, he was, I believe, 30 to 1 or 40. To, uh, you can get him at 30 to 1 prior to the season for an MVP race. He's now minus money as the favorite to win the MVP. Who's your NFL MVP this season? Um, man, Josh Allen is really making a late push for it. But as much as it pains me to say, I mean, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers for me so far. Um, and I think that's right. Kind of what he's doing with not nearly as much as Mahomes. It's it's hard to not go with Aaron Rodgers. And I'm I'm if I had a vote, I'm not the type of guy who holds weapons against the quarterback. I, I just vote for whatever your numbers say and whatever you've done in these moments. I'm not going to knock Pat Mahomes. Well, that, for that wasn't Travis really. Kelsey I don't want to sound like Kill. I'm knocking Mahomes. That's more I know, but that is the Rogers. slant. That is the slant that some people get. But I, I'm not giving Rodgers any more credit. Gotcha. It's to me. It's a quarterback. It's a Z, a Y, an X, and his running back. I don't care what those guys' names are. If I'm voting for MVP, I'm voting for what that quarterback did. Um, with that said, it's still Aaron Rodgers for me as well. I think it's up in the air, going more than it is. I think that vote is up in the air for a lot of voters heading into mm-hmm. Week 17. But what you're going to see in Week 17 is a Green Bay Packers team without everything to play for. You're going to see Aaron Rodgers go out there hopefully not torch the Bears but you're going to see Aaron Rodgers go out there with something on the line the Chiefs have locked up the first round by um, and, and I don't know how much Pat Mahomes we're going to see the Bills have pretty much locked in their they haven't locked in their scenario because the Pittsburgh Steelers they could jump us so, that, so there's some seeding um, there's some seeding implications there but like you might not see Josh Allen play four quarters of football you're going to you're going to see Aaron Rodgers play four quarters of football barring a knock on wood a blowout mm-hmm. uh, over the Bears so I think that with the vote up in the air and the current, you know, what we need in week 17, it's Aaron Rodgers to lose. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think that's uh, where we're headed. A little bit scatterbrained here, but let's jump that's back okay. to That's uh, what this podcast is. It's pretty much Jump back to college football here, uh, picking those games. It sounds like we're both leaning Alabama. What's the number right now? Let me pull those up. The number 20 and a half, the 19 and a half. College football play. Okay, so let's, let's pick these. These are not our locks of the week, but let's pick them uh, with the number in mind. It is 19 and a half right now. Alabama favorited okay. against our Notre Dame fighting Irish. I'm sorry, that number's not big enough. Give me Bama. 
Yeah, I think I've honestly, seen it too many times. I've seen the blowout too many times before. I'm expecting it again. I also think like Bama could cover that and Notre Dame like you can can leave that game without looking terrible. Like if that makes <laughs> no, but like, you know what I mean. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Like, Three touchdown loss, but we did all we could. Well, no, I, I could see that game being kind of close early on in a slug, like you know, a little bit like yeah. Notre Dame controlling the controlling the ball a little bit early, and then Bama just kind of like college football spreads are so much more volatile than the pros because like, I feel like those late touchdowns are, like happen so much more often. And like mm-hmm. the, the late point pile ons kind of happen. That said, like, I'm not, I'm not going to go against Alabama. I've picked Notre Dame in these spots too many times to cover. And I'm just, I'm not going to bet the game because that's just, I, that's, that's what I do. I don't bet Notre Dame games. Um, but Alabama, if I had to bet is probably covering that. Uh, other game features, Ohio state and Clemson. Here is where we find, Matt Rooney's lock of the week. So let's jump into our locks of the week. Ohio State catching seven and a half. Wait, seven and uh, a half now? Seven and a half is what I'm seven this we'll morning. I'll give you the seven for, okay, for the sake of a push. I would, I would not lie to you about that. It was seven this morning when I checked it. Okay. I'm an honorable um, I'll give man the, when it comes to locks of the week. Not a problem. I trust you. Uh, Ohio State catching seven against Clemson. Clemson fresh off of that beatdown of Notre Dame. I think this is... For me, at least, this is a bit of a reactionary number to that result and maybe the fact that Ohio State hasn't played a whole lot of competition. Maybe we haven't seen their fastball yet, but I'm leaning Ohio State uh, getting the seven. I, I love the points there. What, what about yourself? I'm locking it up with Clemson. Um, I, I, okay. I think that they're finally I – mean, we, I think we saw the healthy finished product against Notre Dame. I think we saw that defense when they're at full strength is really good and can stop the run. Um, Justin Fields, again, I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's going to have a great NFL career. He hasn't looked all that great. And I, just, I think I think Clemson is the second best team in the country, and it's not very close. And I just I don't think this year's Ohio State team is the Ohio State team that we've seen in the past. I know they've played less games. I know they've kind of had a sporadic schedule. But even in their spots that kind of look like the dominant Ohio State team, they haven't really done that. They played close games with Penn State. They played close game with Indiana. I just I think Clemson is starting to click on all cylinders, and I don't think I think Dabo's talking a big game with the intent of trying to back it up as best he can. Um, I'm I'm going to go. Uh, don't think, just shoot. I'm locking it up with Clemson laying the seven. I like the don't think, just shoot. Nice approach, um, Matt. I'm just while you were talking about that, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's ever happened. And I don't know if you know, but has a team ever beat the top team in the nation twice in a season? Team ever let alone let alone like two, two, so, two wins so over Notre, number if one. Notre Dame, if, yeah, if Notre, if Notre point, Dame right? was to beat Alabama, they would have beaten Alabama number, as number one and Clemson, and Clemson as number one. That has to have happened at some point, right? I, I just googled it. I googled it, and I I'm not just not good at Google. I, I that's a tough. Out, that's a tough Google. That's a tough. It's a, a very. It's a very tough Google. That's not a Google um, that you can come across in five seconds. That's a Google you got to play a little bit. We are likely Let's say yes, Notre down. Dame is playing for the first – can be the first team ever to do that. It'd be wild. Lock it up. Uh, likely uh, Notre Dame will not be there when it's all said and done, and we are likely headed for another Alabama-Clemson, and I don't have a problem with that. If you're going to be the two top programs and you're going to continue to be the two top programs, I want to see you play for the national title game. I don't have fatigue. I'm not I'm not voting against Pat Mahomes because it's an MJ <laughs> LeBron-type fatigue. That's not why Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP. I, I don't get tired of these things. If you're good, you're good. If you're great, continue to be great. I enjoy excellence. Um, Alabama, 
Clemson, they've been the gold standard here for the better part. I mean, Alabama for a decade, Clemson for a half decade now. Uh, let's see him. Let's see him figure it out once again. Let's see who will reign supreme this year. Yeah, I mean, those are the two best teams in the country, and if they end up playing in the national championship game, I would be all for it. I, I, I do subscribe to the fact that, or the belief that I, I think they need to find a way to kind of find some parity in college football. We, we talked about it a little bit last week before it got lost. Um, I would like to see the, the playoff open up to give a few other teams chances at these teams, but for the most part, these are the two best teams in the country. They have by far the most talent across the board. They have the most five stars. They have the most four stars. If we get Trevor Lawrence versus Mac Jones in the, in the college football playoff final, like mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, that's, that's going to be the best game in all likelihood, and I'll take it. This is the seventh college football playoff. It would be the fourth meeting of Clemson and Alabama in the final. Uh, again, fine by me. Yeah, fine I mean, by me. Just, it, is, uh, it is what it is. Matt, you, gave Clemson, you gave Clemson as your lock. I gave you a gift of a hook there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to give you an uh, Didn't NFL. Expect the line to change over 20 minutes. That's fine. That's sort of, no, I'm giving you a hard time. Um, just just to take stock of the scoreboard right now, uh, I won my lock last week. I now sit at 8-7-1. I gave you the bills. You're welcome. Didn't even need deodorant. No sweat involved. Matt, you gave the people I had the Dolphins Miami. laying the there, three. I, people, I, Miami I still think I was on the right side of it, but it just you – know, uh, You didn't might have roll. been. Didn't, didn't crazy, go my way. Crazy finish. Um, I mean, it was like a two-point game, three-point game there, so you weren't – it didn't necessarily flip your win-loss – uh, at the end of the game there multiple times. I think there was one flip where it got you inside no, what, the number. No, what really got me was I needed the Raiders to like, – I think I needed the Raiders to go down, score the touchdown, and then the Dolphins to come back and tie it up with a field goal. With a and field goal, yeah. Daniel Carlson go to overtime, the extra yeah, yeah. point to make it so you needed a lot. You needed a, so. Yeah, you needed a lot to happen there with that number yeah. at the end. It did not happen for you. So I currently sit at 8-7-1. Matt sits at 7-9. and nine. That's a game-and-a-half lead. Been and here the, before, uh, people. I've been back. here before. Been here uh, before. I have, I have fallen apart many times in the past, but I'm taking – a really good football team getting 10 points in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh catching 10 against the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland winning your in. Uh, it's a rivalry matchup. No Ben Roethlisberger. That's where yeah. this number comes from. That's why they're getting 10. It's the Mason Rudolph revenge game. Everybody keep your helmets on. Everybody be friends. God. Let's play some football. But anytime Pittsburgh and Mike Tomlin are catching 10, give me it. I'm, I'm going to ride it. What's it's the total Cle- in this game? It's also Cleveland. Let me pull it up right now. It's also Cleveland in a spot where they have a chance to, again, in the weirdest way possible, torture their fans. Last week they could have locked it up, but you got the entire receivers room out uh, with COVID nineteen. Can I? So, can so I they get throw like the ball fifty three times. Worth uh, yeah, like, what's your bo- no? It's like I get like five. No, no, no. no. It's it's worth nothing. If, it's worth if, nothing. But, if I it's worth nothing it, but pride. If I call that Cody Parkey is going to be in a situation to win the game with a kick down two points and he doinks it. No, if I'm that not happens, give, do I win five points? No, you do not win five points because I'm gonna Pat tell on the you back. to. Ch- no, I'm gonna. I'll give you a pat on the back, but I'm gonna Thank tell you. you to check the receipts from I believe two or three weeks. Oh ago. yeah, we've been ta- we've been cr- we've been talking about this for a while. I tweeted it out. The Cleveland happen. Browns. The Cleveland Browns season will end on a missed Cody Parkey field goal. There's an opportunity of that this weekend. There's also an opportunity to get ten points with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I'm taking. I don't that. care if it's I don't care if it's Duck Hodges. Uh, it's Mason Rudolph this week. So, and I think that they keep it inside the ten. Here. I saw uh, the, Mike the Tomlin came line. out and said Mike Tomlin came out and said no Ben. 
but he is going to play a number of his starters here. They're like the starters are going to see some time. He wants these guys to get some reps against the division rival. Mm-hmm. So that's enough for me to hear with 10 points. I saw the line with the 10. Now I'm, I'm not seeing it on anymore. I don't know if something happened or whatever, if too much money was coming in on one side, whatever. But I, I'm with you because also Cleveland is probably playing without a couple offensive linemen too. And we saw what that did to their run game last week. I don't know mm-hmm. what the total is for this game, but I don't think the under could be low enough. I think the Steelers are going to sell out for the run. I think the Steelers are probably going to sell out for the run. They're going to make Baker beat them and probably be able to uh, at least do with that offensive line beat down, contain that Browns offense. And with Mason Rudolph playing, I just I don't think the Steelers are going to put up that many points. Um, it, as long as the under is like 40, I'm probably going under. Uh, I can't find it either because it is off the board yeah. for some reason or another. Uh, uh, hey, I'll also uses. allow your 10 points. Okay, and if it's something crazy, we'll go honor system here, and I'll yeah. give you something else. Um, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh getting 10 against Cleveland. Maybe is it a Jarvis Landry-related headline? Like, he's still no good? I don't it, know. It, may, it might be more news with the receivers coming out of that group that was, was COVID-related. But either way, yeah. I think it's probably something that would benefit your – yeah, or like, or like you said, the 10, yeah. or like you said, people see ten, people see Pittsburgh, and there's just been too much money coming in yeah. on it for the books. Um, Matt, time to move on here. Uh, we gave locks. We got to talk a little bit here. Let's do a little Matt's hockey minute. And uh, too often in the past, Matt's hockey minute has been just negative railing on the Chicago Blackhawks. But there are more grave matters here as Jonathan Taze is dealing with um, some sort of illness. He's been. Uh, the release that they put out said he's been dealing with some fatigue, um, really lethargic. We're praying for Johnny. Uh, he has been the heartbeat of this team. And, um, you know, injuries and sickness beyond the game happen to these people, even though they are superheroes mm-hmm. in our eyes. Um, they are not um, – they are no different than you and I. And I'm really praying for Johnny here. G- give us your your summation here of both Taze and Kirby Doc, which is a more traditional injury. I think scary was probably the first mm-hmm. thought yesterday because you see those two words, lethargic and uh, yeah, it was t- not tired, but something along the lines of that. Um, and if it was COVID related, you saw in that statement, Jonathan say like, hey, you know, we're working with doctors to figure out why, what's, you know, what's causing this. If it was COVID related, you'd know that this was COVID related, um, which, which kind of makes me believe that this is something a little bit deeper, more serious. It, may, yeah. it could be something physical. It could be something mental, like something along the lines of depression, obviously incredibly serious too. You, you just don't know. And coming on the heels too of another, by all means, one of hockey's good guys, Henrik Lundqvist announcing that he's going uh, undergoing open heart yeah. surgery uh, with like a day earlier. Uh, just prayers, thoughts, everything out to a couple of the, the really good guys and forgetting what they've done on the ice, but off the ice too um, in the National Hockey League. Um, go, flipping over to Kirby Doc. I mean, at, at the, I, I won't lie, at the beginning of the World Juniors when I found out he was playing, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Um, I was incredibly wrong, and, and, and I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but Kirby Doc was after Jonathan Taves, after Patrick Kane, by far your most important player uh, going into a year where you were already going to be behind the eight ball in a tough division. And to let him, I, I know he wanted to go play very badly, but sometimes as the GM, the president, God, I can't believe Stan Bowman's the president, um, you <laughs> have to make the tough decision and just tell him, like, hey, man, no, like you're making too much money. You're too important to this business that you can't go do that. Um, he breaks his wrist in like the first period of the first exhibition game. This is going to be a tough season for the Blackhawks. They're in a very difficult division. They open up against the defending champion, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. 
they're probably going to get their doors blown off. Um, this year is going to essentially be, it's hard to call it a rebuild because I think next year they're going to be back in a spot where they hopefully get healthy and hopefully Jonathan Taves is, is back and okay and Kirby Doc is fine. That They might be in like a, a position where they can compete a little bit. Uh, but this year is essentially, I really hope they attack it this way. Let the young guys go, man. Find out what you got in all of these young guys on your roster. They, they brought in a lot of international free agents. They, they got a lot of young defensemen. Let Adam Bogfist play 25 minutes a night. Let Ian Mitchell play 20 minutes a night. Uh, I, they brought in some depth center depth signings to, to play center, play down the middle. Make those guys your bottom six. Let some of the kids go with Patrick Kane and see who's got it. Because you're not going to win a lot of hockey games this year, but what you can do is find out on this, this next wave of young guys coming up, Who's worth a shit? Who's going to stick around? Who might be yeah. part of the next core and who's not? Who's got it in late-game situations? Who looks a little bit different on the ice? Who can kill penalties? Who can run a power play? This is not the time to load up your top six and your power play and your penalty kill with veterans. If that's what they're doing this year, then I truly believe there is absolutely no direction. There needs to just be, and I feel bad for Patrick Kane, and quite honestly, if he wanted out, I wouldn't totally blame him. That said, I don't think he will. Um it's good. It's a shortened season anyway. It's a tough year. Just let the young kids go. Let Patrick Kane figure out who he likes playing with too. Like th- this is the time to learn about the next wave because this is not a Stanley Cup team. This isn't a playoff team. This is more than likely a top three in the the draft lottery type team, especially with your goaltending situation. Find out everything you can. Play all three of those goaltenders. Play all of your young guys. Play your top defenseman, your your young top defenseman, top defenseman pair minutes. Don't bench Adam Bokefist and sentence him to nine minutes a night. Let these guys fail and let them succeed. Figure out who's got it and who doesn't. There's Hear no me out there, there's no other approach for this season than that. I have I have one in that same vein. I have I have a different approach here. Okay, keep the UC closed. That's for the Bulls this year. Don't oh, make everyone I, I change the, the ice. I think in secret the Hawks are pumped that there are no fans this year. Johnny's Ice House. You give it a full you give it a full tryout vibe. You play like the whole it. season at the like Ice it. House. Can they play the one that's I. I uh, I'm small Johnny, rink too. Yeah, Johnny's East. That's the one that's literally right across Johnny's the alley from me. It's, it's in the it's literally behind my apartment building. Play Johnny's East. I'll walk over there uh, for every game with a mask. Be perfect. Things would work out nicely there for uh, for at least Matt Rooney's yeah. viewing ability. Yeah. Well, we always appreciate your take here on the Chicago Blackhawks, both on and off the ice. But yes, sending our well wishes to both King Henrik uh, and Johnny that both of them uh, seek and get whatever. Uh, medical attention they need. I, I believe Henrik is going under the knife here over the next couple of days. Yeah, so uh, open heart surgery. definitely send your positivity, send your positivity and your prayers that way as someone who's uh, had a close family member, my dad go through open heart surgery, completely different um, circumstances. I don't think that uh, Henrik Lundqvist smoked for 35 years. I Probably don't think that, that was the issue here, but uh, either way we're sending prayers uh, to uh, Henrik and Johnny. Matt, let's, uh, we've given our locks. Let's go to a little buy or sell. We've got a little NBA buy or sell before we say goodbye. Love it. Got to talk um, hoops. Got to get some hoops talk in. Got to get some hoops talk in here. Uh, let's talk uh, about uh, – I'm looking at the rundown here. I've I'll go. I'll go. I, 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 can, I can start. Oh, we, 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 yeah, yeah, hit me. We lost in our podcast last week also. Again, if you didn't listen to the last 60 seconds of the podcast, we lost some audio mm-hmm. last week, lost a good chunk of basketball and, and college football talk. Again, apologies. apologies for that. Um, what was lost was a, a bulls buy or sell question, which you know both of our answers probably a little bit happy we got lost. We're in. We're talking yeah, about we're how in. the Bulls are an Eastern Conference playoff team and, and all that stuff and, and – 
haven't quite seen that so far. Uh, Bulls first have gotten off to a slow night. one and three start. Yeah, the first one of the season against a very bad basketball team in Washington. That's great. Um, after what you've seen, I'm not sure how closely you've watched, watched the Bulls. Um, buy or sell, it's just time to blow everything up there. 100% buy. Sell everybody. Get get everybody. And, and I'm not saying this is like the hardo, like, sell everybody, they all stink. I'm saying it in the vein of sell everybody, create space and money to give James Harden whatever he wants, and then use James Harden to build a team in Chicago. Because that's the quickest way to build. We've said it before here. It's the quickest way to build a team in today's NBA. It's to get a superstar. Go get, star, get a superstar and let the superstar call his friends. Mm-hmm. Go get James Harden, who's not happy. Bring him to Chicago. Let him shoot 50 times a night this season, miss the playoffs, and then build something around him. So what's it going to take? What would it take for the Bulls to get? Because we talked about I don't know. Give them everything. No, well, that's not like, oh, I don't want to give this. I'm legitimately asking, like, what type of return from the Bulls? I do the with the Rockets want not only in terms of talent, but I, I don't you do you still have to balance out contracts in the NBA? Because I know what not really okay. So Harden's making forty; they have to somewhat hit that. So Levine plus you know two or three pieces. Sure, that, that's like, that's where we don't really have the firepower to go get James Harden because in the negotiations with the 76ers, Houston was asking for either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. In the negotiations with Brooklyn, <laughs> no. they were asking they were asking for Kyrie Irving. So I don't know if there's a realistic expectation of return. Uh, that that's a hiccup you hit there. But at a certain point, maybe uh, the, Houston Houston's yeah. going to be bottom of the barrel just like the Bulls are, and they're going to be in the Western Conference. Get tanned every night against really good teams yeah and that, that's cute that that's what houston's asking for now but that's yeah. kind of what in in negotiations for a superstar that's kind of what you always start asking for and you never get that and it's it's going to drop and eventually you know i i think on this bulls team there is a good amount of talent and i think there is a, a good amount of players that can be complementary pieces in other places i just think this group together isn't built to play together. I don't think there yeah. is as much as Zach Levine wants to think he is. I don't really think Zach Levine's that leader. I don't think he's that guy who can rally the team and can be the vocal voice, kind of be the asshole when no one's playing well or when there's a lack of emotion. And I, I think there are, there's a whole lot of putting your head down and, oh, here we go again. And it, as much as it might not be the we player's fault, to, there's a we culture keep problem. To, the problem is there's not only culture the culture. Problem. There's a culture problem and there's a complete lack of recognition and uh, fine, let Arturis Konashovas have his chance in, in assembling the team. Mm-hmm. But you don't assemble teams with pieces. You assemble teams with, with stars. stars. What is the common denominator to all these bad Bulls teams between Michael and D-Rose and D-Rose to now? No star. Mm-hmm. Don't sell me Zach Levine as a star. No one's ever going to. Zach Levine is in the Russell Westbrook camp. He's a lesser Russell Westbrook. You're never going to Bradley win. Bradley Beal. Fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing with get, you. Just throwing it on the name. Go get a star. That's how you win in today's NBA. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity to do that. And this is not an original thought. Our analyst, Tim Doyle, who's a Chicago guy, played at Northwestern. He's one of our sports line guys, uh, lives out in Glen Ellen, just a blast to work with. This is his thought. This is his go get James Harden. Why not? You have control over him for four years. Yeah, you're spending. Uh, 30, what is it, 41 million this year, 44 the next, 47 after. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2023 is what I'm looking at right now. So you have three years Mm -hmm. of control over James Harden. 
you get him this year and then two years with whoever you can pair him with. But he, he, he's one of those guys who has a gravitational pull who can bring you another star. It, mm-hmm. It's not, it's not the NFL. It's not the MLB. Let's not develop prospects here and think we're going to win anything in Chicago. It's become for the second biggest or third biggest media market in the NBA and in the world for that matter, for in professional sports, it has become a, they're managing this team like a mid level team. It's, it it has become some sort of like analytics experiment of let's find the pieces that work together. Forget your pieces, go get stars, Mm -hmm. put shooters around them and two bigs and try and win a championship. Yeah. uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, if, if that, and that star, it's, it's rare that those stars become available. Yeah. Like James Harden is now he's available, let alone, you know, let alone in season. Maybe that's a conversation they've had. And like you said, you know, the, the Rockets are a team that's like that their price on Harden is way too high. But if you're also the Rockets and you're looking to get that off your books, you can do a lot worse than getting a haul of, you know, Zach Levine plus back for James Harden. Like you can, that seems to be a match that kind of works at this point. And if you're the Bulls, if you're Arturis Karnaschovas, like this is your, ch- you're not in Denver anymore. You're not essentially running a small market team where you have to piece together all these. You can go and, and get that big name. You're working in a big market, you're working in, a, in Chicago. It's time to start thinking big. And the Bulls have you know, thought the, big in the past. They, they, I mean, the, they haven't gotten the stars in free agency, but they at least went after them. The first step in acquiring James Harden, you got to get Zenny Optical off the jerseys and put Spearmint Rhino on there. Okay. Get on brand. Get on brand. I was going to say Pink, Pink Monkey, Monkey, whatever you want it Admiral. to be. Go, go, go. No, not the Admiral. <laughs> no, that's a way to. That's a way to scare. That's a way to scare James Harden right out of town. Uh, you got to get on brand before you go get your shooter. Matt, I got one for you here. Buy or sell the Nets, the best team in the NBA. KD looks great. Kyrie looks fantastic. A lot of time for them to start hating each other. Uh, and you know the unfortunate news of the uh, Karis Levertney injury kind of How brings some. Qu- it's a partially torn ACL, oh, so I have, to assume, part. Okay, I have so to assume probably eight, eight to ten weeks, I don't know, at least. Um, for a part, it depends the degree of the tear, but regardless, there's so much firepower there. Joe Harris, um, DeAndre Jordan has again looked rejuvenated inside as their big presence. Uh, buy or sell? That's the best team in the NBA. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. I didn't really know what to expect for them to start the year, and I know they're still gonna have these moments like the other night where they kind of sat everybody and just gave them their their nights off, but. KD looks really good. Kyrie, as much as you might not like him as a guy, might be a weird guy. He's a really good basketball player. Like you said, they have the complimentary pieces. Levert, when he's healthy, Joe Harris can shoot as well as anybody. They have the big man in DeAndre Jordan. Like they kind of got it all. And not only all those pieces complement each other very well. Whereas like the Lakers, I, I think it seems like this. Excuse year, me. At least I, I got to stop go you. I got to stop you. That's a Spencer Dinwiddie injury, not Karras. So okay, Karras still available. Dinwiddie. Uh, similar Even more feeds them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, you look at a team like the Lakers kind of made some moves, brought in some bigger names. I'm not sure exactly how those guys are kind of jiving early on compared to the guys they let walk out the door. Um, I still think you're you're probably headed for a Lakers-Nets final, but I, right now, the way they're going, I think the Nets are as talented as anybody and have a group around them, a supporting cast that complements that star group as well as anybody. I think the only reason that I lean away from the Nets is it's early. This is overreaction season, for sure. A week into the season, uh, both the Lakers and the Nets—they already look like they're on a collision course. Mm-hmm. The Lakers got better, and we said it before. 
the invigoration of Montrez Harrell, uh, Dennis Schroeder, who they're already talking about paying. Um, it, it is a better version of the mm-hmm. Lakers and LeBron in year 18 looks just as spry as ever. Now, LeBron and AD, KD and Kyrie, you got two on two. Uh, let's just clear the court and let those guys I would play. actually, if they got to the NBA Finals and, and just played two on two. Decision, hey, guys. I know your all your teams have worked really hard to get to this moment, but what the people want is a best of seven, two on two series between Kyrie, KD, LeBron, and okay, AD. But, like, right, but if it. you if you strip it down to that, no jokes aside, if you strip it down to that, LA's the better team here because Probably. they have the big man they presence. The size, yeah, they have the size. LeBron can guard Kyrie if he needs to. We're breaking down um, a two on two tournament. No, no, no. I, but I'm saying even even with the supporting casts around them, if you yeah. strip it down to what it truly is, I mm-hmm. think the Lakers still are the better team just because of the versatility that comes with that size. Not to say that Kyrie and KD aren't versatile, but there's some limitations to a six three guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron is a six foot nine guard somehow. AD's a seven footer with a jump shot. I mean, so is KD, but. AD is a little bit thicker, you know. I just think that than those KD's those the are the two for a reason. That's it. Those are the two best teams in the NBA right now. Get on whatever side you want. Uh, it's close, and I can't wait till we figure it out. I can't wait till that's the NBA Finals, and I get to watch those guys go back and forth for seven. Matt, we did uh, neglect a little bit of baseball news here, but let's get oh, to it yeah, in a buy or sell that. fashion. Buy or sell the fire sale on the north side right now. I, you know. If they were to the, – the the Darvish trade kind of in a vacuum by itself, the fact that they decided like, hey, 35-year-old pitcher, like we want to move on from that and kind of get a little bit younger. I get the idea in wanting to trade you, Darvish. But you look at the return. You look at what else they're you know kind of planning on doing here and just the I entire there, crying core a- of the franchise, like – it's a tough time to be a Cubs fan right now, and obviously you I got think it was a twelve-year-old. They got like a twelve-year-old back. Seriously, they, it's, the kid's like sixteen. He's a sophomore in high school. I, you know, eight years from now he'll be twenty-four. He might be ready. He can really hit that five-mile fastball or something. in Fenwick. Um, no, it's it's. I know the Cubs borrowed a lot of money when they bought the Ricketts borrowed a lot of money when they bought the team. They borrowed a lot of money when um, they kind of bought out a lot of Wrigleyville. Don't. Don't look me in the eye and tell me that organization, that ownership group hasn't been, with the exception of last season, obviously, when everybody took a loss, has not been printing money for five seasons. From 2015 through 2019, that place was sold out every day. They were mm-hmm. they obviously now own a lot of those buildings around it, so they're making money hand over fist that way. Don't lie to me and tell me that ownership group has not been printing money. They're using one year, and I don't know if it's because they're new to it, owning a sports franchise, whatever, they're taking one year of losses as like, oh, well, we can't have a loss. That's really, really bad. We're never going to make money again. We need to cut costs now. They're using one year of losses to blow everything up. You were prom- like Cubs fans were promised, you know, we're going to spend money. We're, we're going to make all this money. We're going to spend it. We're going to put it back into the team. Kind of like you talked about snake oil salesman earlier. This is kind of like a snake oil salesman type move. They're much more worried about the bottom line than they are about putting a winning product on the field, especially now that they got their World Series. Like, it's not my money. It's not my organization. But Mm -hmm. you've already taken on some debt. Maybe take on a little bit more debt because you're going to, in the years to come, print even more money. Like, they they are every organization, every team takes on debt. They are going to take on some debt here because – 
in all likelihood, at least for the first half of this, I don't know, there's not going to be fans or there's going to be limited capacity in the stands. So I think there might be something to the idea of, hey, we're not going to be able to put a product on the field that we're not going to be able to put fans in the stands. So why put a product on the field that's going to cost us money in lieu of not having fans in the stands? I'd buy that. Let's strip it down and let's, you know, if we're going to be bad, let's be bad in front of nobody. But they're dealing a guy in Wilson Contreras who's. I know. I'm not not justifying. That's where if it was just Darvish, it was just an isolated incident. All right. I kind of get it. But just the way they're operating, like. They they can't afford uh, Wilson Contreras making five million. I think he can get up to seven in arbitration that next year. Like you can't afford that for I don't know. Arguably the best catcher in baseball, one of you know at, least, at very least the top three. You really can't mm-hmm. afford that. Uh, I, I mean Theo Epstein so kind of saw the writing on the wall. It? I guess I think he up to ten in arbitration or something. I think like I that? saw seven and a half. I could be wrong. Seven and a half is base. Seven and a half. No, seven and a half is what he's got coming. Okay, gotcha. And it could be up to ten in arbitration. Still, I thought he had five. But whatever. For one of the top, for like you said, for one of the top bargain. catchers. Yeah, and uh, in also, it, it, it's not like you're in the AL East here where you have the Yankees, you have the Rays. It's not like you're in the NL West where you got the Padres yeah. and the Dodgers. You're in the NL Central where, by all means, like. It's the most winnable division in baseball. Yeah, I think right now. Do you think there's some ego? Do you think Jed wants to like do this in his own image? Is that part I, of it or no? I don't like, really think. The, no, like I think fully hit the. I always thought that Theo and Jed worked in lockstep. I didn't think that. No, was, I don't. Like, I don't think this is an ego there. thing. I think this is. Jed is just kind of taking orders from ownership right now, and it's all maybe he's been promised like, "Hey, you do this now." Five, four years down like obviously you're safe for a while and down the road like you get the, all the money you want but right now you have to do it our way maybe that's the handshake yeah. agreement but no I, I don't think this is him like oh i want to you know get out of theo's shadow i think if, if you had that core you'd kind of be foolish to want to do it that way especially to sell your assets for pennies on the dollar yeah but there's a world series to show for it i know they wanted more um baseball sports are it's hard to win a championship man i know i the cubs should have won more than they did the bears should have won more than they did you know in the 80s and all that but like you get one man like that's that's really when you when you get in your but when you get in your own way it's sort of sour a little bit and i think that's the cubs got done in in both of those scenarios in 85 and here with the cubs i think management just got in their own way a little bit, and that that puts a bad taste on the palate of fans. And I, I think um, the biggest lesson to take from this, from the way obviously Theo Epstein did a very good job, he won a World Series, put together a pretty darn good core. I, I think the biggest lesson I hope the White Sox kind of take to heart: don't fall in love with your own guys, because that's yeah. essentially what happened. Had Theo Epstein sold high on Kyle Schwarber when he should have, the, the haul that they would have gotten back for him would have been, you know. Jose Quintana size, if not bigger, the, you know, the white, the hall, the white Sox got back. If they'd have sold high on a lot of these guys that they kind of fell in love with, they'd be in a much better spot. Albert Elmore at a time you could have got something for like, they held on to guys way too long and fell in love with their draft picks. And that's, you got to learn when to cut bait with guys and when to, you know, hurt some feelings, even if they're your own. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that the Cubs might be lying to themselves here and thinking that they can compete in the wake, uh, not compete for anything substantial, but compete still and not get their doors blown off on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis. Uh, I think it's interesting because we ship you Darvis to San Diego. The Rays, <laughs> uh, they shri- ship, um, whatchamacallit, um, 
oh Jesus, why am I blanking on Snell? Blake Snell. Yeah, Blake Snell. Um, they they ship Snell, and that's what the Rays are supposed to do. That's yeah. what the Rays have always done. The they Cubs get are acting there, like the Rays. They dismantle it. They reset and they put. But the Cubs should not act like the Rays. No, you know that the Cubs being are said, a top four market, big market team. That being said, bonus lock of the week. Ooh. Nine to one. You can get the Padres to win the World Series right now. You can get them at plus 450 to win the NL. They're third favorites right now to win the World Series behind just the Dodgers and the Yankees. We know those teams have a way of getting in their own way sometimes, too. I like, the, I like a little flyer right now on the San Diego Padres. Those bats, that staff at nine to one. I like it. I mean, it's, that's like you said, that's absolutely worth a flyer. Yeah. And 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 maybe just don't maybe just don't take out Blake Snell in Game Six of the World Series, trying to force uh, a Game Seven. Up no, one you should. You maybe should just do don't that. do that. No, he, don't well, do that. Joe, he had already thrown seventy pitches. How like, much? You can't buy or, here, more than that. Bonus, bonus. Buy or sell. Oh wow. Buy or sell. Blake Snell forced out. Blake Snell asked for that trade after coming off the field. Little time to digest. Said, get me the hell out of if here. If it were that, any other organization but the Rays, I would buy it. But the Rays, yeah. it's the Rays. The Rays do this to themselves. This is yeah. what they do. I mean, and quite honestly, they'll they'll probably come back in you know next year, year or two, and be pretty darn good again because they know how yeah. to draft, they know how to develop, and they'll be back and be fine. And they know how to but beat yeah. the Yankees. They do they know, know how to beat, beat the Yankees, Yankees, which is always fun to watch. Um, but Matt, yeah, you got anything else for the people? Um, Hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy New happy Year, everyone. Happy New Year, all that good stuff. Don't make a resolution. Just be resolute. I don't, all right? Sure. That makes sense. Be, be the person you want to be, Matt. You know? You know? Be, 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 be the change you want to see in the world. Inspirational you make the world a, always. You want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make that change. change. <laughs> That's going to do it for episode one. Listen Roos featuring Michael Moose Jackson. Podcast. Yeah, I don't know. We might have to answer for some copyright at the end of this one. Uh, maybe lop that off so we don't have to pay a fine. No, I, I, I want the clout. If we for get, if we Matt get Rooney. For hearing Michael Jackson, we'll probably get some more clicks. For Matt Rooney, I am Joe Moose. So hopefully the next time we talk to you Moose and Runes fans, the Chicago Bears will be playoff bound. Either and way, the Notre we'll Dame Fighting Irish will be in the college football playoff final. Give me one. Give me one of them. Now, if I, if you told me that I had to watch Notre Dame lose by a thousand this weekend and the Bears beat the Packers, I'm in. I'm in. Let them get him. Let Notre Dame get embarrassed. I just put the Bears in the playoffs. I want. I want one. I just. I want one. I'll take one or the other. And if that means. But if, other, but if Notre Dame makes it to the final and the Bears lose to the Packers again, I'm still hurting. I still hurt. If Notre Dame gets beat and and the Bears, I would, the pack, I the mean, Bears I beat the Packers, hurt, but I'd my, also be, my hurt isn't my hurt is numb. See, my that's where you I, and I don't get me wrong. You're yeah. you are a Notre Dame fan. You root for Notre Dame. I live and die with Notre Dame. Yeah, about as much as I difference. do the Bears. I don't think you quite, you're not quite to that level. No, and I'm not. No. That's not a criticism, but that's just kind of where our fandoms lie. I need one of them. I need one of them for my mental health and well-being and state of mind. Just, just let if you just, need. If, just you need a safe, please. You need a safe place, Matt. If you need said, a safe place, if you need someone to talk to, you have my number. All right. I the, I think the worst part about it is I'm gonna have to work the Bears post game show, and if they mm-hmm. lose, it's gonna be so bad. I had to work More the like, Cody Parkey double doink game post game show, and yeah. just had to sit there. Can we not? Can we not right now, Matt? Can well, we no, not? Well, here's what happens when Cody when Cody Parkey <laughs> doinks one against Pittsburgh on Sunday. The Bears demons are exercised. That curse is officially transferred uh, to the Browns. Yeah, and th- I think that's a I think that's a one p.m. East Coast kick. So yeah, that's how curse. Th- th- those Definitely demons, perfect. 
Yeah, like I feel like it's like Joe's pool. Something's got to happen. It's about to be perfect. It'll be perfect. All right. That's going to do it for episode 187. For Matt, I'm Joe. Thank you for listening. As always, get at us on Twitter. We'll talk to you next week. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.